Hello and welcome to another edition of Back to Jerusalem podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I am Eugene Bach, coming to you live from somewhere within the borders of Hong Kong. Uh, today I am joined by three people um, that are actually at different stages of working together with Back to Jerusalem. We have John, who's been together with us for over 20 years. And then we have Aaron, who's been with us. How many years now have you been with us? Six years? Six years. Yeah, so six years. Um, Aaron has been with us. And then today we have a brand new person who's just now joining the team, is going to go and volunteer um, to work at our language school, our Back to Jerusalem Underground Language School inside of China. Um, any special name you want to be called for this? We probably won't use your real name. Um, so we're just going to call you Paul. Okay. Uh, the way that we usually operate, uh, as most of you that have been with us for a while know, we try not to use um, real names um, when we can help it just because uh, for mass media of this nature, like a podcast, it's not really good to be sharing um, our real identities, especially if you plan to work in China for a while. If you only want to go to China once – it, it, you feel free to share your real name and go to China and preach the gospel, you know, wide open. You know, hand out tracts, hand out Bibles, and uh, do an altar call. You know, right downtown in Beijing. Nobody's nobody's going to care until they do, and when they do, <laughs> you will um, probably not get in a lot of trouble. You just be questioned, detained, stopped from what you're doing, um, and then sent back. Uh, I've seen. Um, groups come over to China before carrying large numbers of Bibles. Uh, actually, there was an incident that took place in 2008, right around the time of the Olympics, where there was a group, I believe they were from America, they came into Kunming carrying a lot of Bibles, and the Kunming customs would not let them bring the Bibles into the country. I don't think they got into a lot of trouble. They just weren't allowed to bring the Bibles. I travel into Shenzhen on a regular basis. I'm always seen, always, especially if you go across the border where there's Lohu. You always see people that are bringing Bibles in, you know, how they've been detained. Their bags are open and they're being searched through. Um, Paul, you've actually been a part of taking Bibles from Hong Kong into China, right? Um, have you been caught? Um, I have several times, um, just three or four times this past few months. The the border it isn't as isn't as tight right now as it's been, but um, it's it's getting tighter, and so things are. And when you've been caught, usually you're you're. I'm assuming you're carrying a suitcase, and the suitcase is full of Bibles. Is that how you're doing it? Um, we used to be able to do suitcases, but now uh, suitcases are going through all the scanners. So we mostly just use handbags and backpacks at this point. Mm. So. And, and when you've been stopped, is, is it usually that they um, just don't let you bring the Bibles and you can pick them up on your way back out? Or do they let you go through with them? Uh, normally, they uh, they take them, they confiscate them, and you can pick them up when you return to Hong Kong. Mm. So that's, that's Yeah, so you get like a ticket, right? And yeah. so it's almost like left luggage. Pretty and nice. so when you leave out – I've I've been a part of the process for several years, so I, I know it quite well. But I can when I usually go through, I can see people that do try to come across with suitcases. And then um, – so those suitcases will be open up, Bibles everywhere. 
and you'll see, you know, a usually a, a missionary with her head, you know, down a little bit because they've just been caught with the Bibles. But a lot of people, they've been caught many times. And so uh, they'll try to go through many times in one day. So they'll come back through, get their Bible, and then try another location or another border crossing and go across on that border. Uh, whether it's by ferry, whether it's by car, whether it's by bus, whether it's by walking, usually that's how you get the, the Bibles across. Um, uh, and so, uh, Paul is brand new, uh, with the back to Jerusalem team. Uh, how old are you, Paul? Uh, I'm actually 19. So 19, not much older than my son. Um, your parents are about the same age as me, which makes me feel extremely old. Um, but, um, you are, um, going into China volunteering to do what? Uh, I'm volunteering to, uh, help out at the Mandarin and uh, the Mandarin school that uh, back to Jerusalem runs inside of China. Yeah. So. And what will be your job? Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> That's exactly how we love them. <laughs> Most people that come and work with Back to Jerusalem, by the way, that's how the Chinese do it. What you're doing is the way the Chinese do it, and that's the way that we we really like things to go. I know that a lot of people would not be happy with this setup, and I know that a lot of organizations have to do it differently, and everybody has their own niche, and that's fine. But the way that it has worked out for Back to Jerusalem is, is that missionaries that go abroad oftentimes don't know what they're going to be doing. Sometimes they don't even know where they're going. So, for instance, we have people that are coming to go to our Back to Jerusalem training school in one country, um, which I will not name. But they'll come out and they'll think, okay, I'm going to be going to Vietnam because that they heard that somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then they arrive and we say, actually, you're not going to Vietnam. You're going to another country. They didn't even know. Because the leaders ask them to go to a certain place, the way the communication, I mean, that information cannot, they can't give out a bulletin by email. They can't send out on the internet, you know, Facebook accounts are completely blocked. Social media is controlled by the government. So they can't be given uh, detailed information before they leave out of China. So they just submit themselves to the will of the Lord, thinking that, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you are from America, right? Yep. And so you are going to China. Um, how many times have you been to China before, not counting each border trip, but I'm talking about um, flying from America to Asia. How many times have you done that trip? I've only done that three times uh, as of right now. Um, but So yeah. you, you've traveled from America to Asia three times. Yeah, so three times. Uh, how old were you when you did your first time? Uh, Eighteen. 18. So, okay, so it's been three times within the last, like, 12 months, 16 months, something like that? Okay, so three times you've flown back and forth to the U.S. Um, I'm assuming, actually, that you have uh, three months for Hong Kong, so you can cannot really stay longer than that, right? Um, I believe it's something like that. Yeah. So. So 90 days. It's usually about 90 days. But when you go into China, then you come back, then it's a, you start again that 90 days, that 90-day process. So uh, basically, um, you haven't been to the city that you're going to be going to um, together with um, uh, our Back to Jerusalem team. So you've never been there before. You're going to be traveling there for the first time. Don't know what you're doing. Don't know where you're going to be living. Don't know where your food's going to be coming from. you just putting your trust in the Lord, right? Yep, that's that pretty much sums it up. So. And and did you bring a um, uh, several pieces of luggage filled with your wardrobe, your favorite video games, uh, your computer, your comfort blanket? 
No, I have a backpack and a small suitcase, so that's what I have. When you say small suitcase, is that like a carry-on or an actual check-in? Um, it, it borderline in between <laughs> both. So carry-on for an American, probably check-in for the Chinese. But that's all you've got to your name, right? That's it. Yeah, that's it. So people that usually come to serve with Back to Jerusalem, whether you agree with the process or not, um, that's how we operate. We usually operate with very little on our back, very little in our hands, and we go to where God has called us. Uh, And when I say us, I'm talking about the Chinese in general. The Chinese that we're working with, I can tell you a story where there was a young lady um, that we were working together with. She had been studying for a couple years inside of China, studying the Korean language. She was sent to North Korea, had never been to North Korea even one time in her entire life. She was going to North Korea to live, and she had a briefcase with one change of clothes, the clothes on her back and the clothes in her briefcase. That was it. And that briefcase was a handbag. I mean, it was small. It was smaller than my wife's purse. And uh, when my friend asked her in the Korean language, are you bringing that? She understood it as, you're bringing all that? And she said, oh, should I leave this? Is this too much? And she was going to leave it. And um, even when we got to the border with uh, North Korea, we were driving a nice vehicle. Once we got to the border, she wanted to immediately get into the bus with all the locals and take that to the destination where we were going because she didn't want to be separated from the very beginning. And she did. She took the bus and she went into the place where we were working into in North Korea. What that did is that allowed her a connection with the people in an amazing way. She didn't know what that time would bring, but what it did bring was her still living and working inside of uh, North Korea – and not actually um, having a barrier between her and the North Koreans. And within a short amount of time, she actually was able to lead several people to the Lord. So we are, we are in this um, uh, room today in a high-rise uh, in Hong Kong coming together. Uh, we have um, Paul, John, and Aaron. And uh, John, you just heard John had to step out. His phone rang. He's a very busy person. He's not able to actually turn it off at this time. We have some questions that we will ask him as he comes back and joins us. Uh, We're going to try to keep it to a minimum just because um, obviously doing translation on a podcast isn't the most fun thing. But we like to tackle those challenges from time to time. So um, uh, John. Uh, you have been working with the Back to Jerusalem missionaries for several years inside of China. Um, how do you feel um, that the training is going for those Chinese that are going abroad? Are there more volunteers that are needed? Or what are the largest needs for those people training to go to other countries? Zai 我们就发现要从这几下几个方面需要 
出去之前要预备好。Yeah, uh, through these years,、uh, the missionary in the uh out of China, we got some idea. 语言、技能，还有要去的属地的那个文化，嗯。Yeah, the language, uh, skills, and、uh, some culture, you know, the local culture. 还有最重要的，要要打不出的这面上，一个是他要要有,有清楚的呼召，再有个心智。他，呃 ，absolutely they need、uh, you know very clearly calling from God. Now, how are countries chosen? Like, how do the Chinese know what country that they're going to they're going to go to? Are they do they have an individual calling, or are they chosen by the leadership inside of China? 呃，他们的护照，他们的护照是从呃呃，呃，他们的护照是自己的，还是他们的领导告诉他们去哪一个地方啊？他他们的护照有有的是有清楚从上面得来的，上面。Yeah, uh, they get they got the very clearly calling from God. 有一部分他是在，有一部分他们的领袖哦。引导他们对哪个国家哪个国家有没有负担？就从这方面，他们自己最后慢慢的领会到。Yeah, some parts are they, uh, praying and also there's a leader, you know, leading them to, uh, get this vision from God. What are some of the biggest challenges that face back to Jerusalem missionaries when they leave China and go to other countries? 那什么是最大的问题？说让让这些宣教士可以到，呃，参与到这个回归福音、回归耶路撒冷的这个运动当中来。现在这个，这要出去，这个工人有年轻的在预备的时候，但是这个要是合格的工人，就是要花一一一很大对很大的功夫来来培训。就合格的工人，第一要要具备语言，他还会能技能。还有会到一个他的中东地区，或者是非洲地区，他了解当年的文化，他能到那个地方能够生存下去，这个是很重要的，这也是一个嗯很很大的一个挑战，对中国的那个往外打发工人。Yeah, as I said, you know, uh, actually we have, I have, uh, the some of the brothers and sisters, uh, like this. Actually, they have this heart for gospel, to get out of China, to go to another country to preach gospel. But we, they still need some, you know, equipment like、uh, language,、uh, culture, cross-cultural lessons, and uh, uh, skills. Have、um, has he known of any back to Jerusalem missionaries being arrested or put in prison in other countries once they leave China? 啊、uh, ，那你知不知道有些人，呃，因为这样的事情，他们会被放到监狱里？嗯，呃，在在别的国家会被抓到监狱里边去。现在，从我了解的这出打发出的这些个这些工人，呃，因为一些个七，呃，因为一些个。有因为身体的原因的被放在监狱了，他这可能因为有病了，其他的我还没没得到放在监狱的信息。因为有病是因为他的健康的问题。对
，他可能是他他那个病说是传染传染病传染病那种那种，有一个肝炎了或什么，他们在在那个我忘了进哪个国家了，被放到监狱了。Yeah, besides the healthy problem, you know, like the, maybe, uh, how to say, uh, threaten this, uh, this country, they will put this guy into the jail. But are, actually, besides this, no. Yeah. So, um, many of the missionaries that go abroad, the majority of them then don't get arrested. The majority of them don't go to jail, but they are working in pretty closed countries. They are working in places like Iran, Egypt, uh, Iraq, Sudan, Somalia, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, and North Korea. These are not uh, destinations for vacation. I mean, this if they were going to places like Thailand, um, um, Penang, Malaysia, uh, these kind of places are like resorts. That's not where the Chinese are going. They are going to some really tough places. I just saw that yesterday there was a bombing in – or not a bombing, a shooting. There was a shooting um, in Pakistan. There's about 20 Back to Jerusalem missionaries working today in Pakistan um, that are right there on the front lines where this violence has taken place, where a Muslim had gone into a school and basically shot the place up and um, – uh, this kind of anger continues to grow throughout the Middle East as the gospel pushes through from east going west. Um, the, the enemy's territory is getting smaller and smaller, even though you're hearing about it on the news more and more. Uh, and even though things can look quite dire, like a, it's a bad situation, the truth is that we are seeing um, – a manifestation, in my opinion, we are seeing a manifestation of what's taking place in the spiritual realm. People have been praying for the Middle East. People have been praying for Southeast Asia. People have been praying for Africa for generations. And now we are seeing that some of the battle that's taking place in the, in the spiritual realm is being reflected in the physical realm. That the enemy that has held territory for generations, areas like Iran, areas like Syria, areas like Lebanon, um, areas like Iraq, these areas have been controlled by the enemy for generations. They're not going to give that up easily. But now there are missionaries that are piercing the darkness, going into the darkest places on earth to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and the enemy is reacting. And you've heard it said many times, a good defense is a good offense. That means that in order to defend that area does not necessarily mean being violent just in that little microcosm, though that's what we're seeing. We're seeing violence erupt in places like uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Yemen, but we are also seeing that spread out as the enemy goes on an offense in Europe, throughout Western Europe that have been tradition traditionally peaceful Christian nations are seeing um, a uh, upsurge of violence taking place. We're seeing that in the U.S. We're seeing clashes with Muslims that we haven't seen before. I believe that that's a direct result in the enemy knowing that his time is limited. And because he knows his time is limited, this is not the time to back off. This is not the time to build up a wall to keep the enemy out. This is a time to go over the enemy's walls, to go into the enemy's camp, to go into the enemy's territory, fighting and taking the love of Jesus Christ to those that are dying to hear it. But that's just my two cents. 